scanning for audio. Yes, I thought I'd better talk about the pilot before I watched episode 2. You know, it makes sense. Now, you know as well as me that being a good old-fashioned Doctor Who fan is a stressful time. It really is. You see, we've invested far too much emotion into the series. On a personal level, it's akin to, say, a football team. If it behaves badly or does badly, then... Well, we feel badly and it reflects on us and our emotions. Our families don't deserve this, by far. Now, if you've married into the we, or the beloved family are very understanding, then most of the time this is fine. But it's not always good. That level of anticipation that you get just before a new series is almost overwhelming. It's a wave of emotion, pressure that you've got absolutely no control over. You know for a fact that everyone at the BBC is working their socks off in order to try and produce something that's accessible to the masses, but that won't let you down. And deep down, you're frightened that the whole world is suddenly going to wake up and go, this Doctor Who's not very good, is it? The way they did back in the 80s. But you know what? That's just not going to happen, is it? these people set down to make something great. And Doctor Who's back. It's been 18 months of, well, just niggling in the back of your head going, mm, it's his last season, what's going on, and so on, and so on. We've got a brand new companion starting, and it's the beginning of a new series. Nardole's back for no reason. These are all thoughts you had beforehand. Yes, in order to boost some sort of frivolous tabloid advertising they did a whole ooh, the new companion she's gay yeah, can I just play the Izzy card as well as Captain Jack we've been there as fans we know this, we don't actually care very much been there, done that bought the t-shirt, it's all fine and so time comes round and we finally get the pilot Yes, calling it the pilot is a bold move. Or perhaps not even a bold move at all, it's just a move. Because we all know it's a pilot that shows we're around for 53 years. We know that Mr C's leaving and, you know, the wise money would have an opening sequence where he regenerates. And then the whole series in flashback. That's perhaps the sort of thing we might have got under Matt Smith, but, but not now, not with Capaldi's third year. Yes, I know he says he's been in the role for four years, but he hasn't. He had a year off. And you know what? It just doesn't feel like long enough to be established as a doctor before somebody else is going to come along. And that's a conversation for a different podcast. So what do we actually get? 
Well, with a pilot, you've got to establish a few things. I mean, the sarcastic person in me could go, ooh, puddle monster. But you know what? Moffat has set about to systematically make everyday mundane things scary. And he has managed it. He's managed it on a massive level. Oh look, statues, they're now scary. Kids in gas masks. All sorts of things that are mundane and ordinary. The sonic glasses. Anyone with glasses can pretend to be wearing sonic glasses. I know as an adult, as a fan, as the entitled white male that people are always banging on about... It doesn't appeal to us, but you know what? That's not our show. It's not our show. It's literally a kid's show for the kids, and this works brilliantly. So yeah, the sarcastic, entitled, white, middle-aged man goes, Ooh, scary puddles. But you know what? As a kid, you'd be like, yeah, puddles. You could play in the playground without anything with you. And that's why the TARDIS key is a Yale key. Because any bunch of keys could have a TARDIS key. These things are important. But, with a pilot, you've got a ticky box list, haven't you? I've got to reintroduce or introduce a new companion. I've got to introduce the setup, because it's been a year and a half, and when you're a kid, a year and a half is a hell of a long time. I mean, let's face it, this could be the first series that my daughter actually gets to see. It's not going to be, but that's another story for another time. And that would be fine. A year is a hell of a long time for a kid. So you've got to constantly re-establish the programme. And you do that through a companion. And now we have Bill. Pretty damn good. Twenty-something, yes. Now I know all of the advertising said she was a student, and she quite clearly isn't. She's just someone who works at the university selling chips. A nice callback to Rose. But you know what? She's clever. And the Doctor decides to take her on. Yes, the Doctor's been hanging around for 50 years, which means he could at any point have interfered in his own timeline. And regardless of when you think unit dating is, he could have been part of that. He could have been lending a helping hand. He could have even helped his third incarnation out with a bit of maths in order to help make his TARDIS work. But let's not get involved in fan nonsense. Oh, on the subject of which... A photograph of Susan and a photograph of River on his desk. Very nice. Very, very nice. A box full of Sonics. I apologise. A box full of Sonic screwdrivers. That, well, that was just fan service, but so what? Noddle dropping a, a small cog or a, a nut. That's also acceptable. Yes, he's mostly robot which makes him needing the toilet in the Christmas special a bit questionable, but let's just consider he was having an oil change of some sort. Yes, the vault gets to be this season's, well, let's call it Bad Wolf, let's not use the word MacGuffin. And yes, the whole thing about a crush going across the universe and how she ends up in that puddle is beyond me, and the use of the Dalek, well, you can make your own mind up about I'm not overly concerned. As an introduction, it's fine. It's not the eleventh hour, but it can't be. Nothing can be the eleventh hour except the eleventh hour. When you get something that right, you just have to aim for it. So welcome back, Doctor Who. We've missed you. We truly have. After the end credits, you'll hear an excerpt from the Channel 4 series Gogglebox, where they were watching the series. Proof. 
that Doctor Who has to be scary enough for the adults and intelligent enough for the kids. So until next time, be seeing you. That was the Doctor Who Tin Dog Podcast, available on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, RSS, Vimeo, and across the internet. Doctor Who and its associated properties are all copyright and trademark of the BBC. No infringement is intended. Why not become a supporter by visiting patreon.com slash tin dog. Contact the show on tin-dog at hotmail.co.uk. The Tin Dog Podcast is a founder member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Saturday, a BBC favourite was back. I like this. Death the most recognisable theme tune on TV, isn't it? Can you play this on the um, synthoman? You should be able to play I this. I should tomorrow. be able to, yeah. Mm. All those Who fans are going to be busting the nut right now, aren't they? This is something I used to watch when I was a little boy. Yeah. Mostly behind that sofa. In one scene, we met Doctor Who's new assistant and a strange girl with blonde hair. Hey! Still making eyes at a puddle? <sighs> Come round. I'll show you. Promise you won't go. Is it my imagination, or is there a little bit of a, a sapphic flirtation going on, Mary, between them? By the time Doctor Who's assistant had got round the fence, the starey girl had disappeared. Where's she gone? a bit scary, isn't it? She's drowned in the puddle. Pilot engaged. There used to be Daleks and daft monsters. That was a woman trapped in a puddle in the floor. It's scary. Later in the programme, there was another puddle. Chasing this one. Everything wants, everything needs. But why does it want her? I don't know. I don't know everything now, though. Why is she going to the puddle? What an absolute doylem. Don't look in it. I don't have it all written down. You act like you do. I act like I do because I don't. Oh, oh it's there again. Of course it is. Everything is. But what? What in the end are any of us looking for? We're looking for someone who's looking for us. This is oh. it. I'm writing to the BBC. God, it's give me a freaking. I'm writing to him. I'll have to write to him, Lee. There's no good. I'll be scared to step in puddles now.
Never did us any harm, did it, nothing? I don't know. You said your Staring life was... Up. Your brother said you ruined his life. Well, I made him watch Quatermass in the Pit at the yeah. age of nine or something. He said you actually ruined his childhood. Yeah. He was so frightened. <laughs> And on to a different journey. Peter Capaldi is back in the TARDIS for the 10th series of Doctor Who. This is the final outing for Capaldi as he passes the sonic screwdriver to Doctor number 13. I'll see you at 6 p.m. every weekday. I don't care who's dying. Never, ever be late. I'm very particular about time. Oh, um... People just call you the Doctor. What do I call you? The Doctor. The doctor's not a name. I can't just call him doctor. Doctor what? In the opening episode last Saturday, we met new companion Bill Potts, played by Pearl Mackey. You were keen to send your thoughts on her debut. Peter Capaldi and his new assistant, as played by Pearl Mackey, were absolutely fantastic. It's never easy introducing a brand new character into any series, let alone Doctor Who whilst keeping the narrative moving forward, as you have to introduce the character to the Doctor and also to the public at large. But I think Stephen Moffat did a first-class job. I think the series of Doctor Who has a new freshness about it, with great acting and great script writing by all involved. And I think it's going to be a good pairing with Pearl Mackey and Peter Capaldi. Already far better than the last series, and the new companion adds that extra quirkiness. Reminds me of Ace from Sylvester McCoy days. Ah, Ace, played by Sophie Aldrich, companion of the Seventh Doctor, first appeared on screen in 1987. You didn't know I was a Whovian. The new series, The New Companion, receiving rave reviews then. And it continues on BBC One Saturday nights at 7.20pm.